Hey, Steph. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, so I guess, yeah. Um, first year teacher, I just finished doing uh, my sister's maternity leave in her fourth grade classroom. So I spent about three months to four months, about three or four months uh, teaching fourth grade. And I liked a lot of it, but there was a lot that I saw problems with and I wasn't sure if I could do this for my entire life. I'm not sure if this is what I want to dedicate my entire life to. And I'm just wondering how I can meet the same, I was just wondering maybe to brainstorm a little bit of how to meet the same need I have. I want to um, spend time with children and teach them UPB either through action and create emotional connections so that they can get to the point where they can learn what they want. So I don't really care about the academic part, but I care about um, being an emotional attachment for maybe 19 kids for six hours a day, at least knowing that they're safe. Um, and sorry, it, it, you just cut out for a sec when you were describing that. You're, yeah, was it a, a teaching position that you had covering for? Yeah, it was fourth grade. Fourth grade. Okay, got it. Yeah. And uh, sorry, for uh, is this sort of a school year? So what's uh, 10 months? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And tell me a little bit more about your experience. Um, what made it um, something so desirable? Um, well, I loved hanging out with the kids. And uh, it was really interesting to figure out ways to entice them to buy something that they already have to buy regardless. So I thought it was always kind of interesting to figure out how to best make it as voluntary as possible. Like, how are they going to want to do this? Why are they going to want to do this? That was always fun. Yeah, it's like it how to make your arranged marriage wife fall in love with you, right? Exactly, exactly. It's almost, you know what I mean? So um, trying to work within the system to, I guess, the way I see it is you're always going to do some damage, but I guess damage control. So work as hard as you can to... Sorry, tell me what you mean damage. when you say you're always going to do some damage. I just want to make sure I understand that. Well, the kid doesn't want... I mean, the kid is fundamentally... His rights are being invalidated by the fact that he is compulsory. Right. So there's already some... It's, it's kind of like, do you want a hot dog or a hamburger? It's not really a choice so much as it is like hoping that you don't really see the real uh, lack of a choice. Yeah. I was just thinking the other day... Um, actually, no, I was just thinking today about how... You know, it's uh, education, it's for the kids, it's for the kids, they say, but I don't ever remember getting a survey about what I liked or what I didn't, which teachers I liked and which teachers I didn't. I don't Not remember anyone ever, and even in college, who gives a shit, right? doesn't really make any yeah. difference because they got tenure, right? <laughs> but it's um, uh, it's crazy. You're 12 years. Nobody ever asks you what you would like. Yeah, it's, it's a soul-crushing experience, to say the least. So it's, but it's not and, you uh, that's doing the damage, right? I think that's important to understand, right? I mean, if, if you're the yeah. first responder on some scene where some guy's got crushed under rubble and you're moving the rubble away, it's not you who's doing the damage, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm witnessing it. And maybe sometimes well, I'm hurting them as I'm helping, getting rocks off of them. Yeah, you're helping. Uh, I, I think you're, you're alleviating the damage, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. you did design the system, and, right? Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't consider myself a builder of anything. You know what I mean? I don't create. I just like try to do damage control, like you said, just with the rubble. Right, right, right. And I mean, that's going to have some pretty profound effects. Um, so, grade four, what are they? Ten, ten years old, eleven years old? Nine, nine, ten. Yeah. Nine, ten. Okay, okay, okay. 
All right. Okay. So, um, and tell me a little bit more, if you don't mind, about about your experience of of the ten months. It was really nice. However, I experienced sometimes where it did, it did seem impossible to meet all the needs of all the kids, and your patience does dwindle. And you know, I, I maybe snapped two times, and each time I immediately apologized. You know, I said, "Hey, that was me." Um, but even then, it felt so gross. And it's like while I was in that moment, I was just like, had all these different kids with all these different needs, none of them able to be met fully. And it just stresses you out to the point where you want everybody to obey. So that, but then it just gets messy. And so then you have to like, afterwards you have to say, Whoa, what went wrong there? Like at what point did I fly off the handlebar? And it wasn't, I tend to be harsh on myself. So I don't think, I hope it doesn't sound like I was terribly violent. It was once or twice. And, and I really tried to prevent doing it again, but. And, and that's to me, I, the standard of perfection when dealing with kids is unrealistic because what they need is not, a perfect relationship, what they need is a relationship wherein the imperfections are acknowledged. Does that make sense? Yeah, acknowledged in a, in a, in a non-judgmental way? Or what, well, like I, what well sorry, I, that's not, I, I was hoping sometimes the words come to me <laughs> like they're landing, like I'm trying to get the words to come to me like getting wild birds to eat <laughs> out of your hands sometimes. Um, what I mean is that, um, so um, my daughter, uh, has seen, I think twice, my wife and I have disagreements. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I mean, of course, we're speaking reasonably, but, you know, we're upset or whatever, or have problems with each other. And I think that's fine because she needs to know that people can love each other enormously, have disagreements, and resolve them. And I have, um, I, 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 I don't think I've ever snapped, but I have, um, uh, you know, I've, I've been careless. Uh, and and she's got a bump or something, and and so I don't have to have the standard called called. I will never cause her any physical pain, you know. But um, but like today, I left the cupboard door open, and she came around the corner and 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 bumped her hand on it. It wasn't you know, but that was my fault, right? So it's not like she needs yeah. to never get an injury f because of what I something I did, but what she needs is for me to take ownership and 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 apologize and so on, so that she knows that people can do you things do things to you that are Difficult or unpleasant, uh, even if they're accidental, but to apologize, like, to apologize and take ownership and not escalate and not blame and not say, well, it was your fault for running so fast. I told you three times not to run, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not the standard. There's no standard called perfection when it comes to any relationship because there is no relationship. That's a crazy standard. That's just – it's impossible, right? It's like saying I will never, ever act out of integrity with my ideals. It's like, oh, God, what a living hell that would be, right? What I need to do is if I do act out of integrity with my ideals, a way I'm not acting with integrity, uh, you know, to be curious, to figure out what happened and to forgive and, and uh, move on. Uh, so I don't have – it, I don't mean to start lecturing right away. I just want to point out that it's not a failure uh, and it's not a negative if you – snap at the kids uh, it is because in in life they're going to be people who snap at them uh, and what you should see like so okay so let's say you never snapped at the kids right and then next mm -hmm. year they have some teacher who snaps at them they will have no idea what's on the other side of that assuming that you were their first teacher or whatever right like you had the yeah. major influence but if you snap at them and then you say oh you know what that was I, i'm sorry that's not your fault that was me being being snappy and that's not your fault i apologize then what happens is the next time a teacher snaps at them and doesn't do that, they'll, they'll record that as a deviation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was always very, very willing and ready to admit my mistakes as a way of hopefully teaching by example. Right. 
Yes, no, that's very important. That's very, very important. And there are times when you're dealing with kids where, like, you know, my daughter got a little tent as a present. And the tent is like, it's like trying to jam my ass into a sardine can getting into that tent. <laughs> and, um, you know, without the fun thing of, like, sardines at the other end. <laughs> exactly. No fish. No fish. So, no oil. <laughs> you know, I mean, what's the point if there's oil on, obviously? Anyway, that's another topic. But, um, uh, you know, there are times when I, you know, she's like, come in and play. And, you know, I come in and she just starts throwing balls around, <laughs> these little hard plastic balls. It's like, I would pay good money to not do this. And in fact, <laughs> I don't have an enemy bad enough that I'd want to put in here. And and uh, so I will say, I don't, you know, I just, I, I'll do it for a while. But then it's just like, I don't want to, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm glad yeah. you're having fun, but I'm not. And uh, And that's fine. You know, we'll try and negotiate about something that's fun for both of us. Of course, she wants me to keep doing what she wants me to do. And I want to do something different. And so I don't know if people have the standard like, like, well, I just have to grip my teeth and enjoy the ball-flying death maze of chronic <laughs> compartmentalization and claustrophobia. No, it's not fun. I, I, she needs to know what the real experience is that I'm having of that. And if it's not fun and I'm gritting my teeth and pretending it's fun, I'm not teaching her anything good in that moment. In fact, I think I'm teaching her something not, not good. Does that yeah, make any sense? You're enabling. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm obscuring reality for her. And I'm not being honest with her in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, really you don't scream and shake kids by the neck, but if you're like, ah, just put that down, and you snap at them, and then you can say, you know what? Sorry, that was a bit too much. But that's okay because that is your honest. You know, it's okay to to snap at kids. It's okay to snap. I mean, people snap at me, and you know, it's it. That's okay as long as it's you know dealt with in the moment and it doesn't sort of escalate or you don't pretend it didn't happen or whatever. So I, I I'm sorry to. To, to go off on that tangent, but it's something I've no, been thinking valuable. about. Yeah. That was valuable. I yeah, you have to teach them how to deal with negative emotions, and you don't do that by pretending you don't have them. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I just felt like every time I had them, it was something wrong that I was doing. No, 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 no. Because th it may be something wrong that the kids are doing. And I don't mean wrong like they're... But the, but the, th the reason they're acting out is because they're forced to be in this thing. You know, that's the part yeah, that but, gets me. You know, kids, um, kids do not... I mean, they have a, they have some sense of empathy when they are uh, kids. But my experience has been that what happens with kids is they have empathy when they're calm, <laughs> but then they get excited. And when they get excited, there's like a brainstorm that happens, which excludes everything except their, their own excitement, less. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't. You know, if you and I are jumping up on the lot, jumping up and down because we won the lottery, you know, we may not feel. Like, so let's say you walk into a lottery store or you walk into the convenience store and you've just won $10,000 or $100,000 in the lottery, you're jumping up and down. You're not sitting there thinking, well, all these people around me haven't won the lottery and they're probably feeling quite envious right now. Because in that moment of excitement, empathy is not your number one thing. And kids have that like about half the day <laughs> if they're having fun. Yeah. And so um, – and, and so kids need to sort of be reminded that there are other people's feelings involved, even when they get excited, or perhaps specifically when they get excited. And I think that's a, a valuable thing to do. Anyway, I just want to mention that. Yeah. And look, I mean, I, I've been listening to some Gatto interviews, and I look, I look forward to reading his book shortly here after I get done with some of Gabor Matei's stuff. But uh, I, I heard a quote he said. I liked it a lot. He said, um, I had to quit. I, I couldn't hurt kids anymore or something along those lines. I couldn't mm -hmm. hurt kids another year. He'd resigned. Something to that effect. And right. and that's I feel like that already. It's like you get the good times, but it, it comes with the, the like, 
it comes with the damage that you understand is occurring before you. Right. The, like the like like the atrophy of the brain. Right. Well, because I mean, you are of course. Macaulay, well, sorry, you're you're a fairly small factor in their lives as a whole, which is not to say you can't be very important, right? Mm. Um, my dentist has a very small amount of time with me during the year, but she's quite important to my continued happiness, <laughs> right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, so with these kids, I mean, would you have them for like a morning, or would you have a rotating series of kids uh, so you'd get them no, an hour a day? The same kids from uh, seven, starting at seven fifty and ending at three twenty. Oh, so it was a full day with the kids. Yeah, that's oh. what I liked about it. They got to really right. build relationships with each kid. You really do. That's huge. Seven fifty. That's, that's that. Did you say seven five zero? Yeah, seven fifty in the morning. To what the hell are these kids? Sorry, what the what the hell? Why are they starting so early? Because uh, in the district, it's only four days a week because of funding cuts, and there's people that come in. For, it's a small town, so the the busing commute costs a lot. So in it, cutting that extra day and adding more time like that is what they do to compensate for the. Poor funding. Oh, those bastards. And of course, it's not poor funding. I mean, that's bullshit. Inefficient funding. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's all the money's getting hoovered up by bullshit stuff and pensions and healthcare plans and so on for a bunch of people who are retired. Yeah, there's just no quality control. I mean, I, it, there's just no, there's just no quality. It's too hard to fire a teacher. Right, right, right. Well, we'll get, okay, well, we'll get to that in a sec. So, yeah. so you do, I just, I mean, 750, holy crap. I mean, that's, I mean, these kids got to be get up at 6, 630 in the morning. I mean, that's rough, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, are they tired? Was that or was that just my? Oh, it project, sounds like tired. I'd be like, hey, like, I'll acknowledge, hey, you look a little tired. They're like, yeah. So you know, some, I was in my room was super hot because some, you know, and everyone has different living conditions, and you can tell which ones have emotional safety and whatnot. But yeah, generally, and often the ones that are mostly unsafe, you ask them to focus. That's like asking a fish to climb a tree because they can't even calm their emotions. How much are you expecting to learn any sort of fractions or anything like that? So it's like uh, you have to tell the. Like, you have to tell these kids the, the best I could think is that the kids that can't focus, you just don't do them any more harm because they're not going to be paying attention enough. Right. And you sort of keep them out of the way of the kids who can focus. So you're sort of running exactly. interference like a linebacker. So all my or human resources. Right? Yeah. If she were to be paying attention, all my human resources would go into her. And we've discussed this before where if you had emotionally abused your kids, you ought to be able to pay more. But, but this is the case for the system that I was working in. Right. Right. Um, and you have this girl here who clearly can't hang with the rest of the people, and you have the rest, of the, you know, it's just, just, and, you know, Gabor Matei's book brought up some good points that I noticed as well, is if, you know, if I had people group up in Paris to do an assignment, if I grouped up with this particular girl that was emotionally unstable and sat with her, she would have the attention, like they said. But if it's in any sort of large group, even five kids at a group, unable to focus. And there's tons of these kids all over that are emotionally abused, much, many much worse. So it's, it just, it's shitty to be in a position where you're watching this girl struggle and, and there's like, it's just a shitty situation for everybody. It almost seems like. So I don't know if I could spend the rest of my life doing that. What I was wondering is also when it comes to resources, so that un unpluggedmom.com. Yeah. Is that what her, yeah. I was watching that interview and like, that would be fine and dandy if you had the resources, right? So, like, how is a poor, poor person supposed to do that, you know? And maybe this is, a, you know, a pretty typical question. But how would you know, an economically poor family be able to afford to do that? Well, I mean, um, you can live pretty damn cheap if you need to, right? 
if you're smart with your money, if you're if you're very very smart with your money. Yeah, I mean, there are there are people I've met in the libertarian movement who get by on a couple thousand dollars a year. I mean, you have to Jesus. be creative. You have to live outside the, you know, you got to move out of the city. You got to grow your own food. You got to, you know, lots of things you can do. It's definitely it's out of the box thinking for sure. And of course, a lot of people don't don't think it, that way or don't think about well, that yeah, stuff usually, at all. There's a correlation between you know low amount of socioeconomic low socioeconomic status and also stress in family and how that stress affects the brain growing up. So those people probably aren't going to be the best at like managing that kind of stuff, anyways. You know, right? Just due to the structures of their brain relative to people who are brought up in a much less stressful environment. Henry Thoreau, yeah, Walton was pretty <laughs> cheap, right? Anyway, but, so, uh, yeah, so it's, my... it's possible. It's just it's not it's not what people are generally conditioned to to think of. Yeah, and so like I'm trying to figure out a platform and brainstorm a direction to start taking a career because I don't think I want to be John Taylor Gatto, and I'd rather not repeat his same mistake of 30 years in the business before realizing it. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather learn from his mistake and spend my 30 years doing something else. But it, having a hard time finding a platform that gives you 19 kids from 750 to 320 four days a week, or you know whatever. Well, what about teaching in a private school? I taught at a private school, but it was like the McDonald's of education, and it was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. I can tell you that much. It was abusive, and I had to watch it all go down and couldn't do anything. Um, I mean, tell me a little more. What do you mean? Uh, just watching kids get abused verbally, uh, insufficient resources, kids running around crazed, uh, false advertising up front, so they tell their kids they're receiving something, and they're not actually getting it. And... Kids that misbehave for funding reasons, you have to find some reasons to lie to them. It's just really, really dirty and deceitful. Well, I mean, but maybe and, a better public, a better private school. Yeah, like exactly. Sorry, private school or the Lancaster private school, or if they have the more. Sorry, teachers get paid about ten dollars an hour. I mean, I know you can be thrifty, but that's still a pretty what low do you mean wage. They get paid ten dollars an hour. Montessori teachers, any Montessori or like Waldorf, they don't get paid much. Are you sure about that? I mean, look, I, obviously, I don't mean to question because you, 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 you're in the field, but that seems that seems awfully low. I um, mean, that's like a couple you, of bucks. When you say Montessori, are you talking about like preschool? No, I'm just, I mean, I, whatever, whatever level, right? Some places in Montessori go up to grade eight or whatever, but you know, Montessori schools can cost you, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year as a parent. Yeah, I, no, sorry, sorry, I was, th I was thinking of the preschool. I apologize. Um, yeah, oh, you mean no like daycare? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, but I'm talking yeah, about being a teacher, teacher. Yeah, no, I haven't looked into that. Um, that because look, be look, what, sorry, but the, the first thing that I would do, again, if I were in your shoes, is I'd say, okay, well, which philosophy of teaching do I most like? And so there's a couple of options, right? So if you like homeschooling, then you can set yourself up as a homeschool tutor, right? Uh, Yeah. Right. And then I, I, you can either because, you know, you, people get together with other families who are homeschooling and they call upon experts to come and teach their kids. Right. So you could do that kind of stuff. There's tutoring, of course, but that's not going to give you the kind of constant contact, I think, with kids that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even I, yeah, I just want to work emotionally with kids. I just want to be um, helping to contribute to a more peaceful life that they have. Like directly. Well, like, let me let me see if I can clarify your statement 
for me, if not for yeah, you. Please. I think you don't want to work emotionally with kids. I think you want to teach them and you want to have emotional messed upness not in the way. Yes. Do, does that make sense? Like you, you said, you said you want to teach kids UPB. Well, I mean, of course, first and foremost, kids don't need to be taught UPB. They just, they just need to have it. You just need to get out of the way and help them refine it a bit. Yeah. But, um, but you don't, I mean, I don't think you want to be, you know, sort of a pseudo child psychologist who's going to come in and make damaged kids better. I mean, if I'm understanding it rightly, what you want to do is to help kids achieve their maximum potential, but not necessarily attempt to wrangle the walking wounded, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A facilitator of their learning more than like an instructor. Right. So, so then what I would say is the first thing you need to look at is, okay, well, what, what kind of philosophy of education is most in line with my values? Is it homeschooling? Is it Montessori? Is it unschooling? Is it, I don't know. I mean, what do I know about these kinds of things? But, but look into the philosophy. There are various philosophies and, you know, yeah. the closest may be unschooling, the closest may be, be homeschooling. And then you can look into homeschooling associations uh, in your area or unschooling associations uh, in your area. You know, you can find them, I'm sure, on the internet uh, lickety split. And you can, uh, they'll have meetings, right? And you can go to one of their meetings and you can say, hi, <laughs> this is my experience. This is my skill set. Um, how do you guys find people to help your kids learn stuff? Uh, you, do you even do that? Or, you know, stuff that you may not know how to teach or stuff that you may not be that comfortable. They don't have the time to teach. How do you guys get experts in and, and what's the schedule? And what's the, you know, you can try that and then you could be kind of entrepreneurial about that. Oh man, how cool would it be? Sorry, I gotta interrupt. How cool would it be if um if I had learned philosophy well enough to teach it to like uh el elementary aged or middle school aged kids? I think that there would be a real grab at that, to be honest. I think it lights fire in inside of people when you start talking about things philosophical. Especially if you set up on. you know, if you set up homeschool philosophy, I mean you could you could teach. Of course, you could teach the kids. You could set up a website with learning modules. I mean, you could set up YouTube. It can be the yeah. you know the the um, Socrates Khan Academy, whatever it is that you you sort of come oh, up no, with. Oh no, I'd link them to you. I'd help love link them to you. Now I don't I don't really do kids stuff. Uh, that's a whole separate genre. I, but 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 the reality is that, that so you could set yourself up in in that in that realm in that role, and so that's a possibility. That gives you a lot of entrepreneurial opportunities. It gives you the opportunities for you know, the, the magic in, in money making is not to be tied to hourly, right? I mean, if you're a musician, you put out an album, you spend a hell of a lot of time in the studio and sometimes some time touring, and then a bunch of people buy your album and you just basically, the money rolls in, right? Yeah. And so if you, you sort of refine how it is that you're going to teach kids philosophy, through teaching kids philosophy and then find out what works best and then turn that into a series of so, um, DVDs or videos or whatever. Sorry? Yeah, like a creative curriculum. Right, and then that could uh, that I think that could be obviously lucrative, which is good, right? I mean, money is good, uh, but uh, you know, even more importantly than money, it can be a way for you to help kids to maintain their philosophical <laughs> uh, intentions and yeah. experience and nature which they are born with. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that. That would I think that could be exciting because. I even slipped some philosophy when I was doing the maternity leave, and the kids love it. Instantly, hands shot up, having the hardest day ever, you know, because everybody, everybody's a part of this thing, you know? Oh, yeah, so, that matters to them. Uh, I, I guarantee you. 
Um, yeah, ethics a little less so, but I found uh, metaphysics, epistemology, they just, kids are fascinated by that stuff. How do you know it's true? You know, how do you know if I'm telling you that two and two make five, how do you know I'm lying? Well, look, you can put two blocks there and there are two blocks, not, <laughs> right? And so that you can get there really fascinated by that stuff. Anyway, so, so that's another opportunity. Uh, of course, alternative to that, if, if you wanted to look into something else, then, you know, find the... the um, cool thing is, is go ahead. I could be substituting while pursuing... I could be substituting and probably getting one, two days of work a week while simultaneously putting my time and effort into maybe developing a philosophy curriculum. Right, 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 right. And now, I mean, of course, yeah, a lot of homeschools, um, they um, are going to have an anti-authoritarian bent to them. So I think philosophy can be very helpful with that. So, I, you know, but the other thing, too, of course, you can look into schools in your neighborhood uh, and, uh, you know, look into the philosophies that they espouse and, um, you know, just show up and take a teacher for lunch. I mean, this is, you know, it sounds crazy, but, you know, who, who refuses free food from somebody who wants to pick their brain? I know I don't. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, take them for lunch and say, how did you get into it? How, what do you like? What do you not like? Did you teach at other places? What's your favorite place? Um, and that kind of stuff, right? That can be, that can be really, really helpful. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah a teach, teach you looking for, or you can talk to the principal. Uh, I mean, whatever you, whatever you like. You can, uh, I mean, it's going to say if there's, you know, if there's any sort of parent collective meetup group uh, where they're picking their kids up, just say, well, how do you like the school? I'm thinking of teaching here, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Get the information. You know, we, we so often fly blind, you know, or with our radar off. But, you know, just about anybody you meet is going to be happy to give you a few minutes of their time, which can save you a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And, well, sort of what you're doing now, right, by having a no, conversation. No, yeah, you've saved me so many mistakes, man. I really, I mean, you have no idea what an impact you've had, sincerely. Great, great. So, uh, so yeah, so there are lots of other options now. Of course, right, so I recognize that I don't want to sort of set up a class thing here which says the kids in the elite private schools have no mental health problems, right? I'm not trying yeah. to say that. But my guess is that there'll be a few hurdles that you won't have to face quite, quite as much of. Uh, so the kids in the richer public, uh, private schools are likely to be coming from two-parent households. Yeah. That, that makes a big difference right there. That's it. I mean, a big difference uh, right there. Uh, and um, the parents are more likely to be involved uh, in their kids' education. You know, as you know, like public school is just a dumping ground for kids during the day. And um, whereas oh, if you're paying $20,000 a year for your school, you're going to be damn well involved in your kids' education, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I'm paying you to play the flute, my daughter would be able to play the flute. And play the damn flute. <laughs> Except it's different here because, you know, I mean, if your kid's supposed to be learning algebra, the parents already know it, so the parents can check, right? You can't teach a kid to play flute if the teacher ain't, but you can check on their homework. In, in school. Yeah. So the parents are going to be more involved. Uh, and, um, you know, that's, that's a plus in some ways. Of course, it can be a minus if in your philosophy courses or your philosophical aspect to your whatever it is that you teach, uh, if you ruffle people's feathers. But, you know, you can just find a way to introduce things slowly uh, and, and see, see what flies. So there's lots yeah, of information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, God is dead. Of his pity for man hath God died. Go, kids. <laughs> Yeah. and that is on the syllabus that, that yeah that is. is on the syllabus um and if uh, if god ain't dead we're gonna dig him up and check anyway so uh, so i would um uh, you know really really try and gather as much information if you, if you find a school that is really close to your philosophy of learning then you know just camp out dig in uh, send applications uh, offer to uh, assist in the classroom you know if you're looking at the next 40 years of your life or the next 30 years of your life 
volunteer for a month or two uh, in the classroom. See how it yeah. goes. See how the kids are. You know, that's the kind of Where stuff that's worth it. Yeah, go on a couple of dates before you get married. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a wise thing to do. I mean, I, in the in the careers where I've had some real success, it's all stuff that I've done before I went into that career, right? So when I was a, a coder, it was because I'd been coding from the age of 11 onwards. And so when I finally did it in my 20s, it was like, yeah, I, I already know I like this because I used to do it for free. Yeah. Same thing with podcasting. <laughs> right? Wait, you're going to pay me? Like yeah, really? Um, Woo! Yeah, exactly. I always I thought about being a coder many times, but I was like, you know what? The kids that are coders are the kids that were doing it on their off time for fun. They didn't code to get a job. They just happened to get one because they liked it. Right. Good, you know? Right. Yeah, like the um, people who went up designing video ones. games are the guys who did the mod packs for Quake for free for years, right? And then they get picked up. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so that would be my suggestion. Look, look for places where the kids are likely to be less traumatized and look for mm -hmm. situations where the parents are going to have a closer philosophy to 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 the philosophy that I think is good philosophy, right? Which is the reason and yeah. evidence and, and and all that. So uh, and that way you're going to have kids who are more in line with what I mean. You you don't want to be the if if you if you can be an Olympic coach, you want good athletes. You know, yeah. you want committed athletes who are going to train. Uh, you don't want to be dragging people out of wheelchairs and throwing them, you know, on the um, on the race. They track. don't even want to be there, and they they actually to be quite honest, yeah, they're obviously already physically impaired. Like they need to have some other need met before they go play basketball or whatever they're going to do. Right, right, right. So that would be, if you are, I mean, if you are philosophically inclined, then you are, in my mind, already an Olympic caliber coach for kids. And uh, especially with the emotional work that you're doing, right? The self-consciousness of your interactions and the ownership uh, and responsibility. Just trying to do RTR. Yeah, I mean, that's super advanced um, for adults and, and super, super advanced for kids if they've not been exposed to it, which very few kids, of course, have. So... So look upon yourself as an Olympic coach and say, okay, well, is, you know, is Mozart going to be ha happy teaching piano ca to Captain Hook? Well, <laughs> well, no, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no, not chopsticks again. We, we must try something else, right? Yeah. Hmm. But I would, I would say on the entrepreneurial side of things, and I, I, I'm guessing – that your greatest success is going to be in the homeschooling or unschooling environment as uh, an expert or teacher or tutor that can um, uh, really help uh, help kids frame the world as it is in a philosophical way. I mean, yeah. people who are homeschooling and unschooling, they already disagree with the system. They're already thinking for themselves. They might have a, a, a very big philosophical uh, wraparound for it, which I think they, they need. Um, and so I think you'd, you'd have the most to offer. Uh, and of course, those are parents who are heavily involved in their kids' education, willing to think for themselves and all of that. So, um, no, just help not, the kid learn what he wants to learn, damn it. Like, that's pretty much right. all I want to do is just right. facilitate that. Right. Right. So, source, yeah, so those would be my suggestions. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to approach people and ask, um, ask them about their experience. Um, I think that's, I think that's really important. Uh, I mean, don't assume, I mean, you, you simply can't know stuff before you know it and trying to make a decision about what area to go in. I wouldn't make the decision uh, for, for a final, of course, not that any decision is final, but I wouldn't make it without talking to the homeschoolers, talking to a couple of teachers, doing some research on some, uh, some schools. And of course, these, this information can help you, right? So if all of the schools around that you like have you know we have we get a hundred applicants a day and we don't hire more than two a year then it'd be like okay <laughs> so that might fit for me but that's not going to be something i'm likely to wedge my way in yeah 
Um, and uh, if you, you know, if you is, have, I would, sorry. I would have a job guaranteed in the next five years if I continue to stay in this district for sure. The principal told me. So, you know, I could sub and do something and I'd have a guaranteed job in five years for a public school. Or, you know, I'd have to go, first of all, I'd have to get another certification to be any sort of Waldorf or Montessori, you go get extra schooling, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. And even then, they're pretty rare relative to other schools too. And so like, I'm pretty sure I'd have to be open to moving across the country. Well, again, let's not let's not jump ahead of ourselves. I mean, just gather information first, right? I mean, uh, where are we now in the year? I mean, you've got a couple of months before the end of the school year, right? Two months? Uh, and so yeah. three months. So um, let's not say, oh, well, I don't want to move across the country. You, you never know. You never know uh, what's what's out there. And uh, it may be to move someplace you really want to be. <laughs> it's San Francisco. We teach on the pier. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> right. But but yeah. uh, just just don't worry about jumping too far ahead. Just be in the, you know, I always think like when I'm trying to make these kinds of decisions, I imagine myself, I'm like a squid. You ever see a squid moving across the coral? Their, their tentacles are reaching into every nook and cranny and feeling their way forward. That's how they move across, right? Because they're searching for food and I'm sort of searching for a decision. I got all eight tentacles out. That's really what <laughs> I'm trying to say. <laughs> feeling a whole bunch yeah. of things before I figure out which way to go. And then I end up inking myself. But that's a different a different story. But um, uh, but but I would just go into you know full on exploratory mode and make that your part time job uh, to to figure out. Um, and look, you, you may look at all options and you may find out that the way you are is the best. But at least you know it, and that's that's a lot different. But I I would guess that something more entrepreneurial uh, linked into the home or unschooling movement would be the way to go. Yeah, I'm going to look into that, um, definitely, um, and the Montessori, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, was that useful? Did you, I mean, is there anything, I, I don't really have anything else to say, again, this is not yeah. even close to my field of expertise, but this is, if I was sort of jumped into your shoes, that's what I would do. Yeah, and that's kind well, of... Well, first I'd run, you know, if I were in your shoes, I'd first run my fingers through my thick, luscious hair, uh, but, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I really do appreciate it, and um, I want to see if I can't get a, a PayPal up and buy you lunch. Oh, I would, I would certainly appreciate that if you want. Uh, it's not necessary, but if you found it useful, uh, please. Uh, feel yeah, free let to me let me try to work that out. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to look into man developing a curriculum I've never even thought of, and I never even thought of trying to inject myself in the homeschool community. It just never even occurred to me. You should. I mean, look, if you have the entrepreneurial abilities, and I'm guessing that you do. You want to get into a field where you can grow. That ain't public school teaching, my friend. There's no, no. growth there. There's right? no there's way to compare. I'm better than you. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's no, you know, there's no reproducible income. There's no, uh, you know, there's no particular growth. If you have the entrepreneurial spirit, yeah, start off teaching kids in the homeschooling environment. Develop a curriculum. Publish it. DVDs, websites, uh, subscription access, uh, speeches. Uh, teach other teachers. I mean, there's no limit to how far you can go. And frankly, there's no limit to how much good you can do in that kind of reproducible way, to create material that is there to educate children until the end of freaking time. I think that's a whole lot better than yelling at a classroom where everything vaporizes at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very, very useful. And um, how do I, what's the best way to go? Just go to Free Domain Radio and just go to Domain. Oh, yeah, just Free Domain Radio. I'm, I'm on a subscription for 10 a month, but I'll oh, I'm getting tipped. That's, I'm very glad I didn't spit in your sandwich then, because that always makes sense. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, I, it's not as much as it's been worth, but got these 
when I get no more problem. money. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. And, uh, you know, if, if it gets more philosophy in front of kids, um, yay to the max. All right. Well, thank you very much and have a nice night. All right. Take care, man. Bye.